Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. No one, not even President Rodrigo Duterte's closest allies, will be spared from the massive anti-corruption probe to be conducted by the Justice Department. That assurance coming from Justice Undersecretary Emeline Aglipay Villar, despite the president having virtually cleared Aglipay Villar's husband, Public Works Secretary Mark Villar, and Health Secretary Francisco Duque the third of any wrongdoing and anomalies hounding their departments. Aglipay Villar also says they're open to working with the ombudsman on the government-wide probe. Based on what the president said in his speech, I think that what he was um, expressing is, uh, an, is uh, his trust and, confi and confidence on uh, Secretary Duque and Secretary Villar. But he also said in his memorandum that all government officials and employees are included in the investigation. One and a half years ago, it may seem too little to completely eradicate corruption. I think it's a substantial time in order to create a dent in the problem of corruption. As you can see from uh, the results of the task force bill health, which was also headed by the DOJ, and which was also an interagency task force, in a matter of two months, uh, complaints were already with the office of the Ombudsman. And now, uh, several officials, high-ranking officials of the Bill Health, have already been placed under preventive suspension. Meanwhile, a governance expert stresses the need for a law that would strengthen the office of the Ombudsman. That says some groups say the task force created by the Justice Department undermines the Ombudsman's authority to probe erring public officials. It's a recognition that uh, the, ombud, the office of the ombuds, ombudsman needs a lot of help, a lot of resources. That's why uh, in the long term, Christian, I think there is a need to have uh, a law that will strengthen the ombudsman in terms of uh, resource enhancement, uh, skills development, and even uh, really strengthening the, the office itself. We have to look at corruption as uh, if you go by the public policy uh, literature and this is uh, all over the world. It's, it's a kind of wicked problem. You have to keep on studying uh, this problem. It requires uh, interoperability. It requires the use of uh, improved technologies for for data assessment and uh, and uh, contemporary advanced forensics uh, mechanisms. The Ombudsman imposes a six-month suspension order against eight high-ranking officials of state insurer PhilHealth. And as Adrian Ayalin also tells us, the embattled agency's problems continue to pile up, with the Philippine Red Cross giving it a, until the end of this week to settle its remaining debt. COVID-19 swab tests administered by the Philippine Red Cross were back in full swing Wednesday, a week after a suspension in operations led to a spike in the number of stranded returning migrant workers in various quarantine facilities. Red Cross's resumption of COVID-19 screenings as well as laboratory operations comes a day after state insurer PhilHealth partially settled its 1.1 billion peso debt to the organization. But the 500 million peso check PhilHealth gave Red Cross supposedly has a letter attached with it, saying the state insurer will only pay the remaining balance upon the approval of President Duterte. 
For Red Cross Secretary General Elizabeth Zavalia, this is a cause for concern. She points out PhilHealth has kept on consulting one government agency after another for its opinion, which eventually delayed the payment. Sinasabi doon na parang uh, magsisecure naman ngayon ng post facto approval ng president para doon sa 100 million. Parang parating pagka natapos ng masolve yung problem sa isang office, may panibago na namang pagdadalan o pagre-referan. PhilHealth President and CEO Dante Geran has said his agency only wants to be extra cautious in protecting public funds. But Senator Richard Gordon is not having any of it. He tells PhilHealth it only has until end of the week to pay its outstanding balance to Red Cross. Gordon insists if Geran has qualms about the deal, he should direct his questions to his colleagues in the state insurer. Gordon's criticism of PhilHealth comes as the Ombudsman slaps a six-month suspension order against PhilHealth Chief Operations Officer Arnel de Jesus and seven other officials. The Ombudsman says there was a sufficient cost to do so following a probe into anomalous cash advances given to 139 healthcare institutions. Adrian Ayalin, ABS-CBN News. Senator Cynthia Villar remains the country's richest senator, according to the latest statement of assets, liabilities and net worth released by the Senate. Villar has a net worth of 3.81 billion pesos. She is married to real estate tycoon Manny Villar, the country's richest man. The second richest is Senator Manny Pacquiao, with a net worth of 3.17 billion. They're followed by Ralph Recto, Juan Miguel Zubiri, and Ramon Revilla Jr. Meanwhile, detained Senator Laila de Lima sits at the bottom of the list with a net worth of 8.3 million. Well, speaking of detained Senator de Lima, she's urging the Senate to investigate the Philippines Southeast Asian Games Organizing Committee, or FISGOC, for failing to submit its financial statements and pay its 387 million peso debt to suppliers. Delima says the FISCOC report is eight months overdue since it should have been submitted last February 9. Delima also cites Commission on Audit rules that say groups that spend taxpayers' money should liquidate the funds 60 days after a project's completion. But FISCOC president and COO Ramon Suzara claims they only got 1.48 billion pesos out of the 6 billion peso government funding for the SEA Games. The Philippine Olympic Committee had ordered FISCOC to submit its audited financial statements last October 1, but the panel also failed to meet that deadline. France and Germany joined the growing list of European countries reimposing lockdown measures as rising COVID-19 cases there begin to overwhelm hospitals. Here's the full story. France and Germany ordered sweeping new lockdown measures on Wednesday as a new wave of COVID-19 cases surges across the continent. The new nationwide restrictions on Europe's biggest economies are almost as severe as the lockdowns from the spring. In a televised address, French President Emmanuel Macron said schools will remain open, but other non-essential public places like bars and restaurants beginning Friday will close. Like in the spring, you will be able to leave your house only to work, for a medical appointment, to provide assistance to a relative, to shop for essential goods or to get some air near your house. 
This means the return of the permission slip. The commerce that had been defined in the spring as non-essential, establishments that welcome the public, especially bars and restaurants, will remain closed. Similar measures were announced earlier Wednesday in Germany. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said bars, restaurants, cinemas, sports facilities and trade fairs will close starting November 2nd for a month. We demand from people to refrain from private travels and visits, including visiting relatives, if these travels are not absolutely necessary. This also goes for tourist visits and day trips. Overnight stays in Germany will only be allowed for essential, non-tourist purposes. We will drastically cut back on leisure activities, theaters, operas, concert houses and similar institutions, fairs, cinemas, and amusement parks. Parisians, sipping on what could be their last glass of wine in public for a while, met the news with a great deal of angst. Let's say that it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. I mean, I'm a bit sad, but I get it. While leaders have been desperate to avoid the crippling cost of lockdowns, the new restrictions reflect alarm at the galloping pace of the pandemic from Spain, France and Germany to Russia, Poland and Bulgaria. As the German health minister put it, if we wait until the intensive care units are full, it will be too late. COVID-19 cases in the Philippines reached the 375,000 mark. That's after the health department recorded some 2,000 new infections on Wednesday. Active cases stand at nearly 39,000. The death toll is now at 7,100, while recoveries are at 329,000. A medical clinic in Makati, meanwhile, is dispelling rumors it's selling a COVID-19 vaccine from China. Disinformation is false, and um, it did not originate from our institution. It's not coming from us. It's not uh, an advertising or a text message from Centuria Medical Makati. Totoo nandito, ibig sabihin, hindi yan dumaan sa customs. Dahil ang customs natin, hindi magpapadaan ng gabot or bakuna na walang certificate of product registration from FDA. Worldwide, coronavirus cases have climbed to 44.3 million. 1.1 million have died, while nearly 30 million have recovered. Metro Manila mayors want the capital to stay under general community quarantine for the rest of 2020 to avoid a possible spike in COVID-19 cases. Metro Manila currently has more than 184,000 confirmed cases, the highest in the Philippines. From that number, over 200 were fresh cases, mostly from Caloocan and Quezon City. Metro Manila Council Chair and Paranaque Mayor Edwin Olivares says they've already informed the interagency task force about their recommendation. President Rodrigo Duterte visited the grave of his parents at the Roman Catholic Cemetery in Davao City on Wednesday. Duterte paid his respects a day before memorial parks throughout the country are shuttered. The closure of cemeteries in the Philippines from today until November 4 is meant to prevent the further spread of COVID-19 as millions usually visit their departed loved ones during the All Souls Day holiday.
the Bangsamora Parliament approves a landmark legislation for the region's administrative code. The measure will provide the structural, functional and procedural principles as well as the rules of governance for the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao. All 58 members of the Bangsamoro Transition Authority voted to pass the bill. BARMM Chief Minister Ahod Balawag Ibrahim says an administrative code would also boost the region's pursuit of moral governance and to take effective measures against graft and corruption. Other priority legislators, such as the local government code, uh, the Education Code and the Civil Service Code are on second reading in the BTA plenary. The death toll due to recent typhoon Quinta has risen further. There are now 16 confirmed fatalities, four are still missing, while 22 were injured. Government recorded 63 flooding incidents and 22 landslides. Damage to agriculture and infrastructure is pegged at 737 million pesos. Well, the weather disturbance set to enter the Philippines today, Thursday, has intensified into a tropical, make that into a severe tropical storm. That incoming storm is expected to hit areas which are still reeling from recent Typhoon Quinta. Pagasa forecaster Raymond Ordinario on the line now with the latest. Raymond, what else can you tell us? Yes, Carmina, good afternoon. So this is our uh, latest information regarding the severe tropical storm Goni outside our Philippine area of responsibility. And as of 10 a.m., it was estimated around 1,545 kilometers east of central Luzon, having a maximum sustained winds of 95 kilometers per near the center and a gustiness that may reach up to 115 kilometers per hour. It's expected to move westward at a speed of 10 kilometers per hour. So by tomorrow morning, it is expected around 1,140 kilometers east of Kasiguran Aurora. And we're still expecting the severe tropical storm uh, to, con uh, to continuously moving on a westward uh, direction today. Then it will move generally southwestward tomorrow, until, uh, tomorrow morning until sun Saturday morning. Then it is expected to enter the Philippine area of responsibility this afternoon or evening. And it will begin to move generally westward by Saturday evening, then west northwestward by Sunday. So, Carmina, generally it will move uh, a little south, then it will... Uh, it will move directly to the northwestward direction. Then it is expected to reach typhoon category within the next 24 hours and will continue to intensify while still over the East Philippine Sea. And as of now, Goni, even though it will go into enter the Philippine area of responsibility, doesn't have any direct effect in any parts of the country. However, as it moves near the eastern section of central and southern Luzon area, it may bring heavy rains over these areas uh, tomorrow and uh, in the coming weekend. So still uh, we're expecting a tropical second wind signal number one may be raised over some areas in Bicol region and northern summer starting uh, Friday evening. Then uh, as another information, so the low pressure area east of Mindanao has already developed into a tropical depression as of 8 a.m. And in 10 a.m. today, it was estimated around 2,510 kilometers east of Mindanao, uh, having a maximum sustained winds of 55 kilometers per near the center and a gustiness that may reach up to 70 kilometers per hour. And it's still moving on a west-northwest direction at a speed of 15 kilometers per hour. Still, we're expecting it to intensify further into tropical storm within the next 24 hours, and it may enter uh, the area of responsibility on Monday or Tuesday. So, Carmina, we're expecting a back-to-back -back, uh, 
tropical cyclone that may affect our area in the coming week. And that's the latest from the Weather Forecasting Center of Pagasa, Raymond Ordinario reporting. Moving now to the United States, Hurricane Zeta begins to batter Mississippi's Gulf Coast with high winds, heavy rains, and a dangerous storm surge. The U.S. National Hurricane Center says Zeta is packing 160-kilometer-per-hour winds, and it's moving southwest of Louisiana that's not far from the Mississippi line. Forecasters say the storm will roar into southern Mississippi and then howl across the southeast states overnight and on Thursday. U.S. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and his wife Jill cast their ballots for the 2020 election, joining more than 700, make that 74 million Americans who have voted early. Biden voted at the Carvel State Office building in his hometown of Wilmington, Delaware. He spent the day taking briefings on the COVID-19 pandemic and was scheduled to deliver a speech in Delaware, a state he is expected to easily win. Trump, who has been holding more campaign events in battleground states, voted last Saturday at a public library in Florida. He changed his residency from New York a year ago. The number of people who have voted early represents more than half of the total turnout in the 2016 election. Biden holds a comfortable lead in national polls, while polls in battleground states may decide the election, or which may decide the election, are tighter. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back the interviews too on ANC's YouTube channel. Keep safe, everyone, as you keep it here on ANC.